G'day listeners and welcome to another episode of Conversations in Code. Now, this is episode three and our main topic for this one is plain text accounting. Cam and I have both had a bit of a journey with this and um, we just go through the background uh, with some of that um, and then just you know, go over uh, some of the features and the advantages and disadvantages of plain text accounting software. Um, we talk about uh, how we get uh, the info out of our banks uh, for the transaction data and how this is used with uh, the software. Um, comparisons with more traditional uh, accounting software. And then we also cover off some of the custom scripts and um, additional tooling that we've both come up with uh, to further extend uh, the software that we use for, for this accounting work. So with, with that said, we'll uh, we'll get into it. So, Cam, what have you been up to lately? I've just been doing bug fixing and some patch review for, um, yeah. Just the usual, usual thing? Yeah, just Google Summer of Code patches and, um, yeah, some user interface stuff. But, yeah, mostly bug fixing this week. Is it a fair percentage of your time you spend doing bug fixing, would you say? or? Oh, I don't know. It depends a lot on um, the part of the release cycle, so... Uh, yeah, sometimes yeah. I spend a lot of time on bug fixing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. So what have you been up to? Um, yeah, no, uh, just the same old thing. Um, uh, just living the coronavirus dream, you know. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned previously, but we've got uh, two two kids uh, under four. One's just a bit over three and the other one's uh, a bit over one and... Uh, they keep us on our toes. Um, they're very entertaining, but it's always lots of drama and lots of commotion. So uh, just all that sort of stuff and just the usual, you know, remote working stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, nothing too ex- exciting to report. Yeah, and in terms of uh, just um, uh, projects on the computer, I've been spending a bit of time lately trying to familiarize myself a little bit more with org mode in Emacs Um trying to set up a big org file for my whole life and that's a bit of a journey. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, so geeky. Even I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, it's, it's it's pretty cool, pretty powerful and um, I'm just scratching the surface, of course, but um, lots of different ideas that I'm trying to crystallize in that. So that's all a bit of fun. Yeah, Okay. All right, so should we uh, get on with the the main topic for the show? Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. So our topic for today is plain text accounting. I've had a bit of a long journey with um, how I do my personal finances, um, and we we can get into that in a little bit more detail in a minute. But um, they the end of that long journey at least where I'm at at the moment is uh, using uh, a plain text accounting software called HLedger uh, to do my accounting work for, um, and that's been really beneficial from my perspective it's it's worked really well for how my wife and I look at managing our finances and I, I spoke with Cam a little while back about um, what I was doing with this software and he was quite interested and I went through some of the details about how I had it all set up and um, he had a, a look at it and Cam, it sounds like um, I get the impression that you've been pretty happy with 
uh, getting something set up for yourself and um, yeah, how, how's that gone? Well, I've been aware of plain text accounting for quite a while. Um, the ledger likes mainly, but uh, there's others as well. Mm. And the main reason I hadn't looked into it was that every time I saw a talk on the topic, people would open up a text editor and manually start entering in uh, these these mm. records. And for me, that was a complete non-starter because while mm. maybe on some technical level, it's interesting to like be able to manually control like uh, your accounting information, I'm just not going to enter in every purchase yeah, yeah. and every, uh, you know, every time I spend money into mm. into a system like this. It's just way too much hassle. I mean, possibly mm. if people, maybe if they use cash a lot for their groceries and then like the uh, expenses they entered in were, were major bills, I can understand maybe that could work. But when, I mean, I use like a, what is it, pay pass, like you just tap and you mm. pay for, for my groceries. So having to manually enter in those transactions or whatever, it would just be ridiculous. Mm. So then... um Michael showed me how you could do this by just like importing the information from the bank. And since then, I've seen people say that they really wouldn't do that and that they'd still prefer the manual way. But for for Michael and myself, this has worked really nicely where you just import the information um, from the bank Mm. and, um, and then you generate a report or you can, you know, you've got your accounting in this system without having to Mm. manually enter it in. Mm. And, even then, um, that was pretty much ha- too much hassle for me because pulling in the information from the bank, if you've got more than 10 different accounts, um, I personally don't have more than 10, but myself and my wife together have, have more than 10. It's just like downloading the CSVs one by one is, is, is silly. So then I set up um, some web scraping. It took really only an afternoon to write. It was just a basic scraper that just... Logs into your bank account, downloads the CSVs for every account and, and exits, and then set and set that up. Only took him an afternoon to write for himself, but it took him took him what maybe a couple of weeks to try and talk me through the whole thing when we were trying to set up something similar for myself. Yeah, it took a long time. Your bank is weird, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe true, we don't true. want to mention the exact banks we're with, but yeah, your yeah. bank has. Oh man, we had to. Do all sorts of like waiting for things to appear and continually checking for things. Yeah. So yeah. the web scraping stuff was like a big step up in difficulty for, for mm. your web scraping. Yeah. Yep. So we're using uh, Selenium for uh, to, to do the heavy, heavy lifting as far as um, the, the web scraping we were trying to do. And it was quite interesting for me to uh, learn a bit about all of that. Um, it's pretty powerful, but it's it can be awkward, like in the case of what we were trying to do with my bank. So, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should mention like that is a bit of a security issue. I can imagine some people wouldn't want to have that set up because of, mm. you know, just having some automated script running yeah, uh, yeah. inside uh, yeah. their banking. I guess the way we had it set up for doing um, just accessing the information, it, you know, detects, looks for the identifiers for buttons to download things and, you know, worst mm. case would be it just wouldn't download the file. It's not yeah. just like clicking on the third button or something which might move and become something completely different. 
Yeah, but if um, you if you're trying to um, set up something that's going to automate processes where you're actually moving cash around, um, it could get a lot more hairy. Um, I would be yeah. I wouldn't. Well, yeah, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, or I'd yeah, be super sure. careful doing it. You'd yeah, have yeah. to be like extra extra careful doing that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and I mean, as far as that goes, um, I've got uh, another an account with another um, institution for um, just my personal cash stuff, just a very small account. But they're uh, they're really good. Um, they have a really really good um, approach with um, being open, and um, they've got a lot of info on their website around their their roadmap for uh, the technology side of things, and um, they have a really great uh, API that they've recently uh, released the details on. I've been going through that and um, uh, fiddling around with it, and it's just an absolute joy compared to the nightmare <laughs> of what we were going through with all that Python yeah, stuff. Yeah. It surprises me most banks don't have that because it seems like as far as being competitive with other banks, like it's mm. a fairly easy win if you can say like, oh, yeah, we can be, you know, you can access at least just like read-only access, you know, assuming you've got the passwords and stuff. It seems like something you should be able to access through an API. Yeah. I, mean, if, I guess there mustn't, there can't be any demand to speak of. Yeah, I think there is demand there, but I think the the older institutions just aren't maybe as aware of it. Um, they're, they're just they've maybe got a more of an old fashioned approach, even though they've, everyone's obviously got their their web apps and that sort of thing. It's just this this particular bank um, or institution that I've um, I'm using um, that has this API. They're they're very they're very recent and they're very um, modern and sort of forward looking with their approach so it's good refreshing oh that's good mm. i did mention um this on the plain text accounting reddit like asking if people mostly download uh, the csvs manually or whatever and apparently there's services which like third-party services and you can pay them and they do all this stuff for you so i haven't mm. used them but just to note that i think they exist or at least they do probably in america mm. but I don't know about Australia. Yeah, I'm not sure about America, but in Australia, I think a lot of the big banks do have APIs for accessing um, user account um, information. But I think a lot of the time, those APIs are only accessible to, um, I don't know what the word is, like corporate. corporate. Um, yeah, um, yeah, like corporate account holders or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah getting a little bit off track there but um but yeah basically like cam was saying for, for both cam and i the key thing is um like with, with any approach we have to personal accounting the the key consideration is you know reducing the the effort as much as possible um and reducing in the amount of time we need to spend um, maintaining and updating um, our accounting uh, system. That's the name of the game for both of us, I think. And Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just if it was a hassle to do, I just wouldn't do it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, like, the ideal setup is I just type in, like, a command that updates the information and it goes off, downloads the information, updates, and prints a report. Yeah. So, you know yeah. how much money you have and, you know, you know, tells you what's happened recently. Yeah. Um, and I've pretty much I've got that set up pretty much. Um, the only caveat to that is there is a rules file, and if you do some, trend, you know, you 
spend money somewhere that you haven't previously spent money, you might need to tag it in the mm. CSV. But yeah. We'll, yeah. I guess we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, for, for me, like I mentioned before, it's been a, a long journey uh, for me in terms of different approaches that I've tried with, with personal accounting over the years. I had my own way of doing it um, in my bachelor days and then you know, when I got married, um, my wife and I both tried to work on an approach that was um, effective for both of us, but it's always a bit tricky because, you know, your approaches are often slightly different and, um, you know, there's sort of key features of a personal accounting system that were, you know, potentially more imp- important for my wife and other things that were more important for me. And, I mean, basically... Um, what I used to do was, you know, back back when I was on Windows, I I just um, I just use Excel spreadsheets to do all of my accounting stuff, um, which was quite manual. Um, and although you know, back back in my Windows days, that was pretty much the only chance I did had for any type of anything remotely resembling coding uh, i used to do a lot of uh, f- uh form spreadsheet formula stuff and that sort of thing and i think i kind of enjoyed that because it was a little bit of a cure for the itch but that was before i discovered the world of linux and all the wonderful things that were available there so it was a pretty poor um experience compared to some of the options uh that are available on Linux now and, and plain text accounting is a good example of that. Um, so, I mean, w- when I was doing the uh, spreadsheet accounting stuff, it would basically just be a matter of I was still getting uh, CSV files from the bank for my transactions. So, basically, I'm not sure if um, all, all listeners would be aware, but the CSV file is just a plain text file. Um, stands for comma separated values and it just has... Um, data in um, in lines that are separated by commas and that renders as a spreadsheet basically in most um, spreadsheet software um, and so that's how you get the data from the bank usually um, and what I would do with my um, Excel uh, accounting stuff is I'd have the um, the CSV uh ledger of all of the transactions and I just keep adding to that uh, as I went and then I had other sheets in the workbook which would run all these formula off the uh, off the main ledger uh, give me to- running totals and do a few graphs and that sort of thing but like I say it was it was very manual and it would break very easily I did try to do some uh, version control for it not with any formal um, software, but I had a bit of a, a notes file in the spreadsheet of uh, version changes and things that I was trying to add each time I called it a revision, and it, it just got it got very messy very quickly, and it was hard to keep a track of where I was up to with it. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, I, I looked around for other options for a long time, but um, eventually found found my way to. Um, you know the the plain text accounting options, um, but you did use like commercial. You were telling me you use like commercial web options, besides the spreadsheets. 
Yeah, so there was um, a very brief time for me where, or well, for my wife and I, where we tried uh, an, um, a web-based uh, solution for some personal accounting stuff. It was on the basis of a recommendation from our financial planner uh, because they're and. <laughs> our financial plan has always been very interested in the, the crazy things I'm doing with my personal accounting stuff because they're always looking for, you know, effective options that they can recommend for, for clients. And, yeah, so they've, they've always been pretty interested. But um, this, this one suggestion they came up with one time was for a, a service, like a subscription service um, that attempts to do your, your budgeting stuff for you. And, and the way it works is you... You give it your uh, login details for your um, your transactions, um, bank accounts. That service is one of those um, examples of where there, there are um, APIs for the big the big banks uh, that are available, but they're more to um, sort of uh, commercial uh, platforms. But um, but basically, uh, what it does is it it um, pulls up all of your transaction data, has a, a little bit of um, sort of machine learning type stuff going on in the background to try to uh, have a have a best guess of you know how to categorize uh, transactions and group them um, you can override that and you can um, as you go you can sort of teach it a little bit um, what the correct um, categorization approach is for for your transactions but um, like we, we tried that for a little while but Again, that was quite manual. It was pretty limited. Like in terms of the service itself, um, the options around um, the different categories that you could do and being able to add your own your own categories with, with your own naming and that sort of thing was fairly limited, which I found quite frustrating because I have a fairly... What? You, you couldn't do it or what? Um you could add I can't it was like I said it was a fairly brief time that I used it okay. it's, it's a bit of a struggle to remember but you, you could add additional uh, categories that you could use but I'm not sure if it was just like a free text thing where you could just name them whatever you wanted um, or if it was oh so there wasn't you couldn't like make your own category yeah, presets that you could reuse yeah it, yeah and the key thing was thing. there wasn't really any control about how yeah, I think that the the main thing was there wasn't any ability to have uh, sort of nested categories at all. Um, or it- yeah, so we, we maybe should mention that mm. for like H, for Ledger, mm. like it, for people if you're listening and haven't used this, um, you can like the reports it generates like a nice like hierarchical list of. Um, of expenses so you could have like some expenses as like groceries and then you could have a subcategory being like uh the butcher mm. or like vegetable like fruit and veg mm. uh, or supermarket so and then you can you can go as far as you want yeah, with the yeah, subcategories yeah yep which it's 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 um very very useful because um it's sort of infinitely extensible like you don't um you're not tie- you're not ever tying yourself down in terms of how you set up your categories. You can always you just you start off with your your broad areas that you're wanting to um, categorize transactions to, but then over time, as you want to get more detail on on particular things, you can add you know um, child 
categories to the 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 uh, high level categories as as much as you want. So it's it's good that way. Yeah, and I mean, I can imagine if you couldn't be bothered with that kind of thing, you could just say like all these categories like they're just personal and then only put like maybe things you might use for tax deductions in actual like proper categories yeah yeah for sure you know like you could you could manage it how you however you like really yeah exactly and and you don't have to go crazy with making every you know detailed subcategory yeah exa- meaning exactly and and the other thing is you're not bound to all of the categories that you add to it anyway you could you could potentially go a few subcategories deep um initially but then you might uh, just be happy enough in future to just um add transactions to the parent category and not worry about the subcategories and just because some of the transactions are um are pegged to the subcategories um it, it still all just rolls up into the parent category anyway so if you're only going to focus on that from then on then that's no problem either so it's good that way so after using this web system and finding it a bit limited did you just i don't know how did you find plain text accounting <laughs> well yeah um i like I've mentioned before, my spreadsheet approach to the, the accounting stuff, um, it, it did use CSV files from the from my bank uh, f- f- to get the transaction info. And I didn't want to change that at all because, yeah, because like you say, I was aware that some people would manually enter in every single transaction. But I mean, I, I thought that I was over the top in terms of being overly manual with um, how I do my accounting stuff. But, you know, that's putting every, typing in every transaction, bit of a transaction info um, by hand is next level. So that that's not what I'm interested in. Yeah, I, I should mention, I think there's some like software that is a little... Um like a halfway house between automatically importing everything and mm. typing it in where you just it basically prompts you to to enter in each each one and you can modify it or just pull it in yeah okay um like there's utilities that you can yeah. basically pull in a csv one and one at the time and edit them as you go yeah. so it's not like you have to like type in the whole yeah, thing yeah sure yeah and and I think there's probably a spectrum of people sort of from one end to the other as far as how, how much effort they put into that side of things. I mean, for for me, the key thing was I just wanted to get the exact transaction info from my bank and then um, and then just apply categories uh, to um, all of those transactions. So, and, and I had that working with all my spreadsheet stuff, um, but... Especially once I, you know, started getting into the Linux side of things, I I planned for a long time to try and gradually transition my system from Excel spreadsheets, which was a major uh, hassle trying to work around. Like, you know, I had all this stuff in actual XLS, like Excel spreadsheets, but I was trying to use them on my Linux machines. And yeah, that that way madness lies you know but i um i I was always planning for a long time to um sort of transition my system from uh having the the csv dump with all of my transactions that was then um referenced 
with the in in the rest of the workbook and using the formulas to come up with the totals and stuff. I wanted to move from that to having the you know the big CSV um, uh, data store of all the transactions, but then use um, uh, I was planning to do uh, bash scripts, which would um, parse the the CSV stuff to get get all my totals and that sort of thing. Oh. That sounds so painful. <laughs> Why bash? But okay. Like at least use a language that has its own CSV parsing library. <laughs> bash because that's the only thing. That was the only thing I knew at the time and still was pretty much the only thing I know. But um, So that, that was the idea. I wanted to come up with scripts that would um, do, do the parsing of the CSV for me um, and, and just spit out the you know the titles and you know run but do basic reporting and i knew that that was going to be a massive undertaking but i thought i'd just try and knock it off in in chunks but um i got to the point of you know having my hands poised over the keyboard ready to start um i, I might i think i probably mentioned this in in one of our um, earlier episodes, but um, I was just about to start um, writing up my first script to do with this package that I was going to come up with. But um, but then I suddenly thought, I don't know, there's probably, someone else has probably come up with something similar um, that ha- has the same sort of functionality that I'm looking for with this setup with, you know, um, parsing these CSV files. Maybe I should just do a little bit more due diligence and check online. And I had a bit of a quick look around and, and that's basically when I came across uh, Ledger and H Ledger. Um, and I, I, at the same time, I, I was looking at some of the more traditional um, accounting software like GNU Cash and um, some of those other options. Um, and I, I seriously considered looking into GNU Cash a little bit further, but I really wanted to try and avoid something that used a, a database for um, storing the um, all of the the transactional info, um, and you know I've always been keen on plain text options for this sort of stuff. If 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 the data itself makes sense from a human readable perspective in plain text, then I always like to keep it that way if I can. And, and to my delight, I discovered that there was these, um, this set of options for, for doing exactly that. So that's sort of how I got into it. Um, and maybe we should just mention what we have now and, uh, you know, the pros and cons with how it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think, People could probably piece together what I've got at the moment just from what I've already said, but I have it set up. So I just run a command, downloads the CSVs. It merges them with the existing CSVs, which isn't as trivial as I thought it was going to be. So I had to write a CSV merging utility, um, which is which is online. We'll, we'll link to it. Um, I was surprised there weren't other options available, but anyway... I couldn't find anything. Um, and that merges the CSVs in a way that allows there to be the same transaction twice because that did happen in my uh, in my CSV files, you know, the um, multiple transactions twice. So I couldn't just sort of deduplicate mm, them and put yeah. them together, um, which was a bit of a, a bit annoying. 
so yeah, it merges the CSVs because uh, I can't just ask for like, you know, three years or however many years of uh, history. My bank doesn't support that. So I have to get the last few months and it and merges them. And then it um, uses HLedger flow to convert that into, um, well, convert that into sort of a more logical directory structure and then you, that passes it off to HLedger and HLedger can can operate on that mm. information. Yeah. So, so basically, after I get the CSV files, it's all automated. So I only care about having the CSVs and um, HLedger does the rest. And all that stuff that it does, I can just throw that away at any time mm. because it's just basically cache or something. It's just generated from the CSVs. Mm. I should mention, I do edit the CSVs I added an extra column and I edit that and I add any, um, if I want to add like a custom category, um, if there's like a one-off transaction and I don't want to add uh, a rule, mm. I should mention too that there's a rules file and that does like matching. So I can say, you know, this is my dentist. So that's the dentist category. Yeah. And, you know, this is my groceries. That's a groceries category. So mostly, most transactions just pattern match to one of those but for some reason if you do a one-off uh transaction you might want to add manually add um in the csv this extra column which um the merging command knows to ignore when merging in new yeah, transactions yeah yeah that's it's a similar uh, similar thing with with my setup the the idea being that you know the, um Ledger and H Ledger use a, a, again a plain text rules file, which is basically a set of um, uh, just um, regex strings that um, match different um, trans transactions. Um, sort of any part of the actual transaction line, whether it's the description or the um, or the amount or the balance or what it, what have you, um, and then that's. Um, that's what does the automatic uh, categorization of, of those um, transactions in the CSV for you. For you, but um, for, for both Cam and I, we wanted something where if um, if if um, we have certain transactions that, like you say, just a one-off, whether they whether they would get assigned a category or not from the the, the normal rule, rules file, we wanted to have an option to override that categorization and, and have a, yeah, like you say, a custom category for it. Yeah, and I've just made it, like it just so happens that I've made it the same, exact same text as the category, mm. just so it's easy to remember. Mm. Anyone who's listening who might not be familiar with regular expressions. Um, I didn't learn regular expressions uh, until more recently, and I was a bit put off any system that, you know, promoted itself as having uh, advanced regular expression support. Um, But for anyone who might find that off-putting, you really don't need to use, like, full regular expressions. You can pretty much just write the text, plain text as is, Mm. and you don't need to use, you know, the brackets and stuff that you might be familiar with. Uh, with regex, yeah, the, the fancy stuff you, you can use it if um, if if that achieves you uh, the goal that you're looking for, but that's not usually necessary. If you just put like a part of the text that you're looking for in the transaction, or just like the business's name, you copy and paste mm. it, that'll yeah. work. Yeah, no, it's it's good. So, um, so I mean that that's a bit of an outline of of how you've got yours set up. We should probably mention that. Um, my understanding is that people um, 
often handwrite uh, their own uh, ledger files to, to use with Ledger and HLedger that uh, the, the file format is called .journal um, and it's a, a particular layout for how the transactions are written up in, in plain text. It's not, not like a CSV file um, and I think that's the idea is that that's predominantly how it's done. There's functionality in both Ledger and HLedger to um, to parse CSV files and then generate a journal file from those CSV files, and that's what Cam and I both use, um, as well as our uh, uh, additional scripts on top of that to, to manage um, the CSV files. But for, for both Cam and I, the, the difference with our approach is that um, as opposed to the normal thing with uh, Ledger and HLedger where the, the journal file is the main repository of all the data um, for, for your uh, accounts. Uh, for us, the that main repository is the CSV file um, and all of the journal files and that sort of thing that are generated from that, like Cam says, are, are the cache. Basically, it's just temporary stuff for um, being able to drive uh, Ledger and HLedger. Yeah, and that makes it pretty flexible too. So if I wanted to try use one of the alternatives, I don't know if if I ever would, but if I, I don't know if one of them becomes unmaintained and I wanted to try bean count, I think mm. is one of the other ones. Um, I could I could just switch to that pretty mm. easily. So something that I haven't got set up yet, but I think you do, is um, bill mm. splitting. So you might do one transaction, but it in, it actually may be for multiple. Uh, reasons mm. and you want to split that logically split that in your um in mm. your reports yeah so with the um uh, the transaction splitting stuff um for, for me um that's that's a necess- necessity semi semi regularly for us um, particularly for my wife um you know for, for example she'll often be out with the kids or something and um she might have so, for example, she might have done a cash withdrawal, um, but then she's paid for uh, multiple things uh, with that cash, and we're wanting to capture each of those items that she's bought in our um, in our accounting stuff. Um, but the only transaction that we get from our bank record is that that cash withdrawal. So that's that's where we use um, the um, transaction split stuff. Um, and f- for me. Um, the, all of the, the scripts that I've got set up to um, tweak the CSV files before uh, they're passed on to HLedger, um, they're all bash scripts and it's all a little bit wonky and I've got plans for trying to you know, potentially refactor all of that in future. But, but basically with the, with the transaction split stuff, um, it just... Um, it takes you to uh, like an interactive menu where um, where you select um, the transaction that you want to do the splits with, um, and then it, it gives you the option to um, add as many splits to that as you want, and and you have to manually enter the details of, of each of those splits, and then when you finish with that, you uh, you tell it to to commit those um, those splits, and and it um, updates the CSV file accordingly. So. Yeah, I mean, I haven't actually needed this yet. So that's one of the, even though I mentioned that it's something I didn't have working, it's not yeah, something I'm I... Yeah, I'm not sure. I, how yeah. I've needed. And I, I was thinking of a way of um, adding basically 
in the custom categories, just putting multiple custom categories and then saying, you know, this custom category equals this mm. much and the other ones the mm. remainder or whatever. Yeah. Um, the- and it shouldn't be too hard to do. Then it will have to generate a C- CSV that um that has the that has those yeah. Yeah, that those expanded into the two different categories to pass on to yeah, Ledger. Yeah, and then that's effectively the same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's a bit of a hassle. It shouldn't be too hard, though, but I just, as I say, I didn't need it yet. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure, like like I say, we, my wife and I need this semi-regularly, but I'm not sure how frequently it's an issue for other people with their accounting stuff. So you didn't really introduce it properly, but you've got like a whole text mode... <laughs> like a whole text mode interface to your accounting setup that your yeah. wife can use. So can she like categorize things and use fuzzy finder to select yeah, a category and yeah. stuff? So, I mean, a big thing for me yeah. was, um, you know, the ledger and H ledger were awesome in terms of, um, the feature set and what you can do with them and what I knew I'd be able to do with them in terms of keeping a bead on my, uh, my accounting information and um, reporting and all that sort of stuff, and I was I was very excited about all that. But it needs to be for me. It needs to be something that um, is useful for to both myself and my wife because you know we we all you know we have uh, the, all of our accounts are shared and we manage our um, our, our cash jointly, and um, we need to try and be on the same page as much as possible. So I always want to make sure that um, she has as much uh, visibility and control as possible. So the the key thing was to try and set up some scripts which would give her access to um, to this new plain text accounting solution that I'd come up with um, in a way that was going to be, you know, straightforward for her. And so... <laughs> I mean, she, she's on a Mac, um, so I knew I'd be able to set up something um, if I was able to write up something that would be ac- accessible in the terminal. Um, I knew she'd be able to do it that way. So I've basically, like I said, just set up a bunch of bash scripts to do all of the different tasks that I wanted to do with you know the modifications to the CSV files, and, and it's got a, um, a bit of an interactive menu that's just based on, you know, it's, it's just pretty much raw bash stuff it's just a a loop with um you know doing um some uh uh read read commands and that sort of thing but um to do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of um providing the transaction info and selecting from lists and all the rest of it i i use uh, fuzzy finder um to um to eat up all the info and then spit it out in a selectable way that's also fuzzy, um, which which is great. Uh, my wife um, really just uses it, um, you know, to to manually sort of go up and down the list, um, and and I'm, I'm trying to sort of you know make her aware of the the fuzzy finding capabilities there because that could be quite useful if if you're dealing with large lists of transactions and you're trying to find something specific but um the 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 real reason i used fuzzy finder in, in that tool chain is because it just um made um the the work of presenting that info and then selecting from it um just so much easier than trying to you know re reinvent the wheel in in those bash scripts you know so yeah yeah that whole the whole user interface thing is kind of interesting and i was 
thinking about, you know, possibly doing um, like a Python web server that makes a website mm. that you can then like select categories for um, for transactions and stuff. So it's easier than just hand editing the CSV. Well, I have to say, I don't really find hand editing the CSVs that much trouble. And I can auto, you know, use uh, autocomplete on the categories. So I don't have to like type in the whole category mm. every time. So it's actually pretty good. Um, I don't even know if it's much worse than, than using so, a website. Sorry, you're talking really. about editing the actual CSV file and you're just in a text editor or? I mean, like, so I mean, selecting a mm. category for a transaction that hasn't, uh, that isn't yeah, matched okay. in the rules. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'm doing that in a text editor, and I was just saying, like, I don't know yeah. if there's a, a strong reason to use something else, but it would be nice if there was going to be some user interface. It would be nice to do that as like a, a web front end, because then you could expose it. Yeah, you know, on phones or whatever. You wouldn't have to be yeah for sure running locally on a yeah on a terminal. I mean, it's um, yeah. My my wife said that it's quite usable what I've come up with, but um, a web interface would be a lot friendlier for someone that's not familiar at all with um, uh, you know working in a terminal. So yeah, for sure. I think that's. That idea has potential, um, and you've had a bit of a look around, and it doesn't seem like there's really currently a, you know, a similar sort of solution for the same thing as yet, is there? I don't think so. Although maybe there is, and I just yeah. didn't look in the right place. Yeah. But yeah. So should we mention some of the pitfalls, some of the problems, just to be, you know, yeah. be balanced, yeah, for sure, be fair and balanced. <laughs> Yeah, so probably the biggest pitfall I've found is just it's not really the fault of the ledger software, but just the way that the um the CSVs from the banks have all sorts of weird things going on. Like, for example, from one of my wife's banks, um if you download it later on, the order of the uh actions may mm. change. It happens very rarely, but it does ha mm. it has happened more mm. than once. Um, and so if that happens, you need to just download it again or manually fix it or something. So that's, that's mm. annoying. Um, the other thing is some banks put like information as like zero transactions. And I had to do some trick to exclude that in the rules. Whereas like if the account has zero dollars, don't, don't worry about it because that was making the, the whole thing fail. And it took a while for me to figure that out. I wouldn't have thought it would um, make it fail if the actual amount was zero. I think that might have been the issue, though. Like, the amount was zero and maybe, like, the... Now I'm a bit fuzzy in my memory, but it was it was doing something stupid, like the amount was zero, zero and then maybe the amount in the account was also zero or something. Like, the, the balance was... Zero. It did something stupid mm. where it just put, like, these zero transactions for, like, for a hint mm, as to what was going on, so, but then it didn't um, balance the, properly. The CSVs that you get from your bank, do they include a running balance for the account? Personally, yeah. not. And my wife I mean, does. like you say, it's a bit of a mixed bag in terms of what you get um, from the different banks. Yeah, because having the running total is kind of useful. Yeah, because if, if you have uh, a balance included in the CSV file... Um, then Ledger and H Ledger are able to do, yeah, like you say, validation. It um, uh, it 
it, it calculates um, uh, the balance assertion that it thinks um, uh, is correct um, based on the actual uh, transaction amount as, as it goes through each transaction. And then if um, that, that doesn't line up with the, um, the balance amounts that have been fed to it in each transaction, then it throws an error. And that's very useful for very quickly seeing if there's any problems with... Um, with your data, so um, it, it's it it's able to work with um, transaction info that doesn't include a, a balance assertion just fine. But I, I feel like there's maybe more potential of um, missing um, some errors. Yeah, it means if something goes wrong, you need to like check manually. Like this is how much is in my account, mm-hmm. and this is how much it thinks is in my account. And you yeah. know, if you check once in a blue moon. It's and it's usually fine anyway. It's it's not a problem, but yeah, you don't get that like yeah. ongoing information, yeah. ongoing validation. Yeah, and and for me, um, our our uh, credit card account doesn't have um, a running balance because it's one of those situations where the uh, where the order of the transactions changes because um, the. Uh, transactions against the credit account um, take a while to settle and everything moves around when that happens so it's not possible to have uh, a sensible um, running balance amount because that would always be changing so um, so for, for that reason because I know it's uh, HLedge is not checking those balances then each time I merge in um, new uh, transactions for that account I always check that the um, the total that I get for that account from uh, Ledger matches the total that I've got on the website for, for my bank yeah and are there, are there other downsides I think that's really the main downside I can think about it's just yeah, yeah. just the CSV information from the banks being dodgy and yeah if there's anything goes wrong with that it's I guess that's also one of the reasons I'm not sure I could recommend this to a non-technical person. It's like when it works, it's mm. really nice. And when something doesn't mm. work, you have to debug your own CSV conversion and find out where the problem is. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I, I mean, I haven't looked into it in, in detail, so I'm not 100% sure, but I, I get the impression that even for more conventional accounting software like you know, the <laughs> likes of GNU Cash, um, they, they still, it still usually relies on um, being fed um, CSV um, data from, from your bank. So I imagine you're still going to have the same issue um, with those. And even like commercial tools, I'm yeah, sure, yeah. like you have to debug why thing. I mean, this is what a people who do bookkeeping do, I, I suppose. Mm. You know, things might not add up and you need to figure out why. So it's not like this is particular to plain text accounting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is something to be aware of and um, and it, it makes me think that, um, you know, it'd be nice if there was, you know, more interest from uh, financial institutions in, you know, having some sort of standardised approach to the the bank data. I mean, yeah, I I think there's some sort of uh, general sort of conventions around how how that data is provided, and it's usually not too bad, but um, it's not really formalised. I, I don't think. Yeah. By the way, I did a check of all the formats my bank supported, which was quite a lot, and they all mm. just had exactly the same information. I was thinking like maybe some of the other formats. 
like for Quicken or whatever, would have more mm. information or I don't know, present it differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or some of them might like some XML formats and stuff, but it was just exactly the same information, just dumped into a different format. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, would you recommend this to a normal person or? <laughs> um, well, no, is the short answer. I, yeah, I mean, um, I remember the um, on the this is an FAQ on the H Ledger website uh, around some of these sort of questions, and um, it basically sort of says, you know, is this is this for for normal people or not? And I think the idea is that you need to. Yeah, I don't know what the best way to put it is, but you need to be a little bit particular about how much uh, time and effort you put into, you know, keeping track of finances. But uh, they're obviously, for for these plain text accounting options, you obviously need to have some more um, technical know-how as well because it's, it's all um, command line interface based. There are, there are interfaces for... Um, this software on on mobile phones and um, sort of web app type stuff. Um, so I guess it's potentially possible for uh, people that aren't so comfortable with that sort of interface to be able to use uh, the, the core um, software. But um, I think if if you're not if you're not sort of you know directly going out to try and find something that um is is plain text and works on the command line then you're probably going to have a better time just going for more conventional stuff like GNU cache or or the um you know the proprietary options yeah it's a shame because once i had it set up it didn't take me long like i think we did it over the phone and I think I had it set up in a weekend, basically. So it wasn't a really big task to get it set up. Mm, but it was just yeah. that initial, like, having the rules and, like, knowing where everything should go. But once you know that, it's so simple. And it was like, yeah. why didn't I, like, why didn't I do this years ago? It's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. Although I am comparing, like, uh, you know, doing my taxes by going through bank statements with a highlighter to... um you know to like something that's actually quite sophisticated so i'm not it's not like um yeah it's not like i was using something before that was any good but even so it's just um yeah like once it's set up it's it's so little effort to keep it going yeah just the debugging which is which is a bit of a hassle if anything goes wrong but even then very rarely do things go wrong and there's definite advantages to um, to the the whole plain text thing as well. I mean, when, when you when you have a software solution for accounting uh, work that is not you know based on storing the data in, in a database file, but, but just in plain text, then you have all the options of using um, a version control system like Git to to manage your um, your accounting repository, and it's very quick and easy to you know, as you merge in new new transactions, it's very quick and easy to do a diff on on what you've added and make sure that everything's lining up and checking out, and there's no surprises in in what's changed. So there's there's real advantages um, for using a plain text approach to doing this sort of thing. Yeah, and when you were showing me your system, I don't think you mentioned it, but you you have something pretty nice set up for budgeting where you 
know how much money you can spend or how much money is left to spend on certain things. Yeah, yeah. That's, that seems pretty cool. Yeah, and that that was a bit of a revelation. That that was purely thanks to my wife. I like I I have my own um, strange approach to um, how I think about my accounting stuff personally, um, and you know subconsciously the tendency is to just um, set everything up f- um, to, to work according to that mindset um, and that's how it was for everything I'd done in the past and also how I was setting up all this plain text stuff but I had suddenly had the thought one day um, I thought maybe I should check with my wife and just see what actual info she really needs out of this and not just expect her to you know, help me feed the beast and put the data into it and then just get results that weren't in- of interest to her at all. So I spoke to her about it and she basically said, what I'd like to know is um, how much how much cash I've got, got left. Well, sorry, how much, um, how much I can spend each week in a particular category um, and still remain within our a- annual budget. Um, so, because prior to, to that point, my approach had just been, um, well, here's the running total for this um, this category based on all, the, all of the expenditure um, to date for that category um, and, then, and then just get it to tell you what's left over for, for the budget amount for that category. But that wasn't really all that helpful to my wife and... So I set up this other script that does a report that you can sort of run whenever you want where it calculates. So you've got um, so you've got X amount of cash in uh, left in, in the budget amount for that category um, and it calculates. Um, it just gives you like a, this is how much you've spent over or this is how much you can, you have to spend in that category, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so if if you've overspent, um, if you've already spent over the total annual budget amount you have for that category, it just gives you a warning. It says, uh, "Warning: This is already overspent by by this percentage. Um, please avoid additional <laughs> expenditure," which is e- <laughs> yeah. easier said than done. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then, but if if it's not overspent, it tells you. Um, you can spend this amount um, on on this category per week for the rest of the year, um, and you'll stay still stay within the budget amount. So obviously, as you um, you pay more and more out of that um, category, um, the smaller amount that will be that you can spend per week for for the rest of the year. So that was um, that was the key thing that was helpful for my wife, and um, and like you say, it was. It was something that I'd never thought of before, and it's it's a good way of visualizing it. Yeah, yeah, and look, this topic, um, like I've only I'm fairly new to it, and I haven't actually done my taxes um, using this, and I I sort of wanted to before talking about it, but I figured that I'm sure it'll go fine, and uh, you know, if there's any updates, we can mention it on the yeah. show, but um, yeah. Yeah, so I haven't done anything particularly fancy with mine. Um, I'm assuming that it's going to be very handy for doing taxes, and that's basically all I want it for Mm. at the moment. Um, I don't really budget different categories, Um, although it would be good, like, if, I don't know, if we wanted to 
get a new house or something, maybe you, you want to know like how much you can afford for paying a mortgage or whatever. Hmm. Um, then it might be useful to to be able to say, well, you know, what money are we spending on? You know, how much are we spending on which which things? That kind hmm. of thing. But so it may be useful, but I I don't know if it's if that's something we'll. I don't know if that's something that we'll end up using. Yeah, I mean, for for me. It's really good because I, I feed it everything that we have is uh, financially. Like it's got, you know, our transaction account stuff. It's got our credit stuff, but it's also got um, all of the um, data for our, um, our, our mortgage um, account and all the rest of it. So that um, because it's got all of that, that data together, it's calculating it all together. So I can just run the balance command and it'll just spit out a list of um, the, the what's currently been spent spent in all those categories, but amongst all those categories, it also tells me how much equity we have, um, how how much our loan uh, loans are currently sitting out and it's sitting at. But but to be able to calculate equity and that sort of thing, you also need to do sort of quote unquote artificial um, transactions for like the value of your properties and stuff like that so I've, I've done that to be able to get a result for that but uh, it's just nice to have it all in one uh, one outline of your entire sort of financial position so um, it's quite powerful in that way and and the big thing with um, with the likes of ledger and H ledger is is the reporting so like you say at tax time um, you know, whenever we go to see our, our accountant at tax time, the, the key information that I'm looking for is um, I know, like, for example, my the professional association that I'm, I'm with, I know that my payments to that are tax deductible. I know that our donations are tax deductible. So I just need to, um, to using um, HLedger, I just need to run a quick one line um, command to run a report um, for all of the transactions we've got um, in this particular category, which I know is deductible. And then that just gives me the totals and I just print it off and include it in the file for what we take to the accountant. So it um, makes it pretty straightforward that way. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so is there anything else to mention did you do you use the interface the uh, HLedger like web UI? Yeah, a fancy fancy UI. I have I have um, used that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty um, bare bones. It's I mean it's information that the same information that I I can access on the command line. So I'm um, I'm just as happy doing that. So it's not really all that necessary. I had been thinking, you know, that might be good for um, my wife to be able to access and and see the details um in a more straightforward way but um it's what um what my wife is interested in in seeing is much more um what um what my scripts sort of parse out of the output from ledger and h ledger so it's not really all that beneficial in that respect um there there are other um, sort of third-party options for uh, f- for web interfaces um, that um, extract extract data from um, yeah, journal files, um, and I've had a bit of a look at those. But um, something that I'm much more interested in is there's a bit of stuff out there about using um, uh, graphing software like um, uh, GNU Plot to um, 
uh, to to suck up information output by um, ledger reporting and then generate a, a graph um, to visualize that and that yeah. that looks really well, useful so I'm so I'm looking into that. The H Ledger web program that does do graphs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's. It's fairly basic. I mean, that's, I think, the only useful thing that it... I mean, the only, that's the only reason I found it better than any of the text mode things. Yeah, that's right. I mean, for, from memory, the only graphing that it does is uh, like the like a, a, a trend line of, of the expenditure um, per uh, category. Whereas for me, I'm looking at um, sort of mixing and matching the information in different ways and then graphing it. So um, that's why the, the GNU plot stuff um, looks pretty promising as far as that goes. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought about I, I wouldn't have thought to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so should we leave it at that? Yeah, look, I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, there's... Um, there are the the plain text accounting website is a good resource, and there are um, other options. Well, I mean, we've mainly spoken about Ledger and H Ledger, which are sort of like the uh, the original uh, op- options or, or the earlier options for for this sort of thing. But um, the plain text accounting website lists um, uh, a whole bunch of different software that um, has sim- similar sort of functionality. So it's, it's a great resource as far as that goes, and. Um, there's sort of lots more areas to explore as far as this goes. Um, we're just sort of getting started out with it, but we just wanted to, you know, go through our own experience, um, both before and after using this software and, um, just talk about the, the benefits that we've gotten out of it. So, yeah. I hope something that people can take away from this, if they're technical is that it's not that hard and you don't have to be interested in this stuff. You don't have to care that much about it. You can just set it up and with a little bit of uh, work, you can uh, save yourself some hassles with all this bookkeeping stuff. Yeah, that's right. And and for, for me also, um, the, the um, act of uh, getting familiar with this software has helped develop my understanding of you know the underlying principles of accounting itself. So it's been, been a good experience that way too. All right, well... Guess we better get out of here. No worries. Until next time. Thanks for that, Cam. Okay, thank you. I'll see you later, Mike. Catch up.